Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, so this week we have on Kendra Messer. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, she competes in Lone Star Drift and is currently the only female competing in their Pro-Am series. I I can't remember if she had mentioned something about um, possibly other females competing in their street legal. I Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, super cool person to talk to uh very more of an outgoing person you know she's not shy or anything so that was it was definitely helpful with the show because sometimes we get some shy guests on and it, it i'm already a shy person myself so it doesn't really help with uh with me trying to lead the show um one thing i want to bring up is uh so one of my sponsors excess horsepower um one of the co-owners, the person I dealt with directly that I met through um, the Cadillac CTSV community, um, we actually met in a Facebook group. He's kind of like my first mm, online CTSV friend type deal. Uh, he passed away on Saturday. Um, I, I, I talk about it towards the end of the show a little bit. Uh, he... He was a super cool dude. Uh, you know, it's 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 really weird. I, I don't know if anybody else has this, but like you kind of you kind of build like a relationship like with people online within at least for me, like within the car community. Um, I'm I talk to a lot of the people online within that car community more than I do talk to my own friends like in, you know, that I live down the street from. You know, it's it's pretty insane. Uh, it, it did. It's been bothering me. Uh and I'm really weird with death already. So it it's just a bummer. Um so you know, definitely Roger Jan Reynolds, uh, you know, may you rest in peace, man. It's just it's it sucks. And I will I will do my best to represent excess horsepower um for as long as I can. And I will uh probably gonna reach out to his business partner soon. He just died on Saturday, so I'm not going to, I'm just going to, you know, take my time, you know, give him a, you know, at least a week or two and be like, hey, just so you know, we were working out a deal. You don't have to honor it, but I'm going to hold up my end of the bargain that I had to deal with him, which is basically just to represent him, you know, or excess horsepower, uh, which is out of Shreveport, Louisiana, from my understanding. Um, if you're in the market for any parts, hit them up. They actually, they're a competitor with Summit. Um, sometimes they beat Summit's pricing. Uh, so it doesn't hurt to call and get a quote or send them an email. Um, things are going to be a little bit hectic right now since their main sales guy, Jan, uh, passed away on Saturday. But uh, definitely give them a, at least give them a shot. Let's see what they got to offer you. But uh, thank you guys. Here is the show with Kendra Messer. How you doing? Good. Not too bad. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. I came home to my dogs um, thrashing my house. <laughs> uh, my dogs are spoiled. They get to come to work with me every day. Uh, I wish they were allowed to. So this way they wouldn't, you know, fuck up my house. But I, will, I went to the hardware store real quick to go try to... Um, warranty out my uh one of my tools i was gone for like 20 minutes and the asshole one decided to go through the trash can 
So. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Every one of my dogs is still pretty young, so he does like to destroy stuff sometimes. I have I have two huskies, so and uh, a German shepherd. Oh yeah, so they're super curious. Yeah, they're too curious. <laughs> but anyways, uh if you would like to go ahead and introduce yourself, what you drive, where you drive. All right. Hey everyone, my name is Kendra Master. I drive a S13 hatch in Texas Lone Star Drift. Uh, my hatch is a S14 SR, approximately about 400 horsepower. Um, upgraded transmission, a CD009. Uh, upgraded injectors, E85 on BC racing coilovers. Pretty much ISR arms in most factors or GK Tech components. Okay. And how long have you been driving? So I started drifting a little, uh, barely over three years ago. So relatively pretty new. Um, as a little note, I actually drive in not only just Pro-Am, but also Texas Street Legal. And in Texas Street Legal, I have a G35 Coupe uh, with full bolt-ons and uh, SPL arms and on BC Racing Coils as well. Nice. And then, um, are, is there a big difference between the two series other yes. than obvious so, cage and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, so in Pro-Am, you're drifting with a much higher caliber of drivers. Um, these are people who have been driving for eight plus years. And then there also are also a lot of new rookies, uh, that maybe started off with, uh, Assetto Corso or VR driving and got into a drift car and have picked it up extremely well and are real adaptive drivers or real adaptive learners. And so it's a higher, typically, typically higher horsepower cars. Um, yes, you typically have a cage, you have um, higher safety regulations. Um, the cars you're going to notice probably run a little bit of a meteor, more grippy tire. Uh, something not for a casual, for fun kind of driver. Uh, Texas Street Legal, on the other hand, it would be for somebody who wants to daily drive their 350Z or G35. Um, you don't necessarily have to cage the car. Um, you are limited. You, I don't. Uh, I don't know the exact specs, but I don't believe you can add like a turbo or nitrous or things like that. It has to be mostly stock components still. So that's uh, a big difference, I guess, in the availability of products you're able to complement your car with between mm. the series. And starting out with the, would you say the G35 chassis is? a little bit better prepared than any other chassis you can you see out there or from factory. So I'm going to be a little biased. Um, Rudy and myself, we have several G35s between G35 sedans, which perform wonderfully as a very basic, easy to walk into drift car, as well as G35 coupes. Um, they are a little, the G35 coupes, and I think sedans, obviously, because of the size, are a little bigger than your typical three, or bigger and heavier than your typical 350Z. A lot of people drive 350Zs, but I, on the other hand, I don't like how they transfer. 
So the weight ratio for me is a little different than how I felt in a G35 overall. So I, I am biased. I, I love the G35. It's awesome. I've always had a, a soft spot for those. I always thought that was kind of cool. Um, even though I'm not really into Japanese cars, I always kind of had a thing for the G35 when it came out when I was a kid. So. Yeah, they're, they're honestly, uh, for what they are, uh, it's an Infinity product. So you automatically get leather seats, sunroof in most cases, um, you know, high-end speakers and, you know, the whole nine yards that you aren't necessarily going to get with a base model 350Z. So if you are kind of looking for more of a, a luxury daily driver and, hey, you want to go rip around at the track on some weekends, Sure, like I highly recommend it. Plus, you have a back seat, so you know if you have a kid or dogs or whatever the situation is, great. You have the room for everybody. Whereas a 350Z, it's just you and one person. Yeah, I've sat in the back seat of a coupe once. It that wasn't much of a back seat. No, it's yeah. definitely not much. Um, I'm pretty short, so with my bucket seat, there's plenty of room back there. Oh, okay. um, but. Prior to the bucket seat, uh, yeah, a small human, a small child or a, a small human was going to fit back there. Yeah, uh, my kid's kind of tall. I think even he complains. Like, I drive a Silverado, like an extended cab, and then he's like, this is too small back here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, we, uh, uh, me and Rudy has a, a daughter, and so we... We put her through all sorts of shenanigans, so I'm sure she has a laugh every once in a while. Right. Between her and the dogs and all of us and all of our stuff, it, it gets a little crowded. Yeah. How long uh, How long have you been competing? Uh, not just drifting. How long have you been competing? So I walked into competing and drifting within the same time frame. Um, I kind of actually wrote some notes of some things that I kind of wanted to talk about. But my very first year of drifting, um, I did start off with Pro-Am right away. Uh, I am a very competitive person, so I thought that if I'm already out there driving with everybody else, paying my entry fees like everybody else, why not compete with everybody else? So I didn't wait. I didn't dumb myself down. I went out there. And my first year in drifting, um, I, I went through some cars, I'm not going to lie, but it was a little rocky patch, but uh, I did make top 24 within my first year. And then my second year, which was last year, my goal was to make it into top 16. And I actually did do that. I made 16th barely, but I, I did make it in 16th. Um, this will be my third year competing in Pro-Am. So and literally this weekend is round one for me. So LSD, which is Lone Star Drift, we have seven Pro-Am events, uh, typically also paired with Texas Street Legal as well. So we have a very full season ahead of us, and my motor is currently being put back together, as you and I discuss, uh, thanks to Rudy and Charlie Brown. But, um, but yeah, I, I literally just hit the floor running, and I haven't really looked back since. So your, your motor's not even in your car right now, and you're competing on Saturday. Yes, this is correct. So uh, I... Go ahead. That's crazy. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, we had... Uh, we 
honestly, since I started drifting, I have ran across a lot of car issues, um, little mi minor mistakes on my end. Um, I've had, you know, spin outs, barricade incidents, you know, a few other things. But uh, I think one of my biggest things have, that's really been holding me back, uh, just problems with my car, uh, power problems, motor problems. Uh, I believe it was about two and a half to three months ago, we actually had a shim uh, break, snap out of the, I have an SR20. We had a mm. shim pop out and the shim hit the timing uh, chain and snapped the timing chain, causing like the head to be all like messed up. And we tried replacing, you know, just certain parts, but we ended up having to replace the whole head. So that was about two, three months ago. And then about a month ago to prepare for this year, I went up to Dallas area and drove at an upshift event. Uh, the car was, oh, we got it retuned in between all of that. Car was running fantastic. Um, but at that time, a, uh, the, a rod bolt had been stretched and caused the car, the motor to go back to knocking again. And that's why we're, what we're rebuilding now is by the time, uh, um, you know, got parts together, had to take the motor over to the machine shop, uh, because we ended up having to basically tear everything apart and start all over. And uh, thanks to Njuku Racing for helping me get the, all the components that I need to get back out on the track, but it's definitely a little stressful. So, and Rudy's likely built a few motors in his day, but um, you just, you never really know because yes, it could be Friday and I might not be racing this weekend and having to borrow a car or possibly use one of Rudy's cars is not really how I wanted my season to start. So. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a little sketchy on Saturday. What do, you, do you guys have like a braking procedure for the engine? Or are you just going to go out there and send it? Um, I'm sure I'm going to probably drive it around town for a little bit uh, once the motor is in the car, which they're wrapping up. I think they're trying to put everything together today because I had to wash all or like, you know, mineral spirits, everything with a parts washer today at my office, make sure everything was super, super clean with no leftover metal. But they are hopefully getting everything wrapped up today so we can have motor back in the car tomorrow and hopefully to be putting some miles on it do some pulls up and down the street and pretty much roll out the door on Saturday and, and really hope for the best. I'm not one, I'm going to say I'm a, a slightly aggressive driver, mostly because I really, I really enjoy clutch kicking a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also don't thrive off of like hitting limiter, like a hundred percent of the time. So I'll just make sure that I definitely take it easy and, you know, make sure that the car can stay running all the way until Sunday for competition. That's for sure. Yeah. I know I'm having a, some motor issues right now myself. Uh, I went to torque down my heads last night and, uh, I think my torque wrench is broken cause it just kept spinning. So it's been, it spun past, uh, what I thought it would, where I thought it would stop. So I just took it all apart just to be safe and i was trying to go warranty out my uh, torque wrench right now at, for a craftsman's one i have but the mm -hmm. hardware store by my house is like oh we can't do it for whatever reason <laughs> so i'm having a similar issue and then i just signed up for ls fest west which is in what five or six weeks from now and my yeah. car is nowhere near ready that is the one thing i really think uh, a lot of people don't consider where it comes to drifting or 
being involved in a motorsport or pro-am or, you know, any, any kind of thing related to drifting is you can really never have enough time. You know, um, I, I have a day job, I own a business, I'm running around, we focus on Texas tires and parts, you know, pushing our own business and trying to contribute as much as we possibly can to Lone Star Drift Series or other smaller organizations. Um, like Club Loose has kind of been growing over in San Antonio. We go out to Upshift and offering our services and our dedication to getting other people interested in the sport. It just takes so much time. And it's crazy to think like, hey, um, I really got involved into drifting because of Rudy and because of how realizing how much time he had invested and dedicated to the motorsport. And, you know, here we are eight, ten years or eight-ish years later. And and the total, everything's totally changed. You, it just, nothing's just came still. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it does take up all of your time. Like, I have a day job myself. But when I get home, it's like I don't even have time. Or, you know, like, I don't really watch TV. Like, I used to love watching TV. But now, like, ever since I got into this, it's it takes up all of my time. Like, so either I'm working on the car I'm doing this, the podcast, um, or I'm researching stuff that I don't know how to do. So this way, when I get in the garage and I have time to do it, I kind of have an idea of where to go. But it will take up all of your time. And I don't know how you, your financial situation is, but it also takes all of my money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Before I ever drifted, I was extremely involved in cars. I always did show cars. I had a 240. I just was not a drifter. I thought drifting was stupid. I thought drifting was such a waste of money. And I guess, you know, the number, I'm a numbers person and the numbers never made sense to me. I work really hard. I always wanted to save all my money. And um, being involved with Rudy and seeing his passion for drifting, and, you know, we got up to basically, I think we were four or five years in and he finally earned his pro two license. Mm -hmm. And that's really the same year that I extremely got burnt out on being like a spectator for drifting. I wasn't wanting to like go to the events. I didn't want anything to do with it. And that's really when Rudy was like, let's put you in a car. And so that's when I had my very first S13 hatch that I used for drifting. Mm -hmm. um, albeit that S13 hatch became very famous because I accidentally ramped it on a barricade at one of my very first events. But we've moved on from there and uh, I have a new, uh, not new, but a different S13 hatch that I have been using for Pro-Am since then. Um, but uh, we've definitely come a long way and really, <laughs> I guess, like, thanks to him as for telling me, just do it, you know, just keep trying. And it turned out I was actually pretty good at drifting. And that's something I never would have known if I guess I didn't stay committed as long as I, I, I did. Yeah, that's that's kind of cool that to find out that way, because um, I could see how it could be frustrating. Like, I can see, like, my girlfriend getting irritated with being at the track. I just told her, like, hey, we're going to go to Vegas for the uh, LS Fest. And she's like trying to make other plans while we're there. And I was like, I don't have time for that. She's like, I'm not going. Yeah. So I, was like, no, ah, I, <laughs> I could definitely relate to that. Extremely. I can feel for that. Cause even now, I mean, our whole lives really result, sorry, revolve around drifting or driving or motorsports. And sometimes, you know, you do 
want to have a break or you want to go do something else and, and you don't have the time for it. Um, that was like one of the things when we did Pro 2 last year, um, I, you know, we we're trying to book some fun Airbnbs and try to drive a few days extra so we could stop and do touristy things, you know, just so it didn't, although Pro 2 didn't necessarily end in our favor, it was fantastic. We had a great time. We're really looking forward to it next year. Um, but it just, the time, you know, you're exhausted from driving, hauling your truck and trailer, you know, cross country and being outside all day and the stress and even at pro-am events i mean the people who are driving in texas i'm sure you've watched youtube or i'm sure you've talked yeah you've obviously spoke to other texas uh, lone star drift com competitors correct i mean the level of driving it has gotten insane and i look back to when and, you know, I first started dating Rudy and he was a pro-am drifter or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Y'all are in your stock little KAs and SR20s. And, you know, it was a big deal. And now it's like, oh, I just came into drifting, you know, not even three-ish years ago. And I'm already like, got to have 400 horsepower. Got to be running, you know, 245s. You got to you gotta have a hydro. You, you know, you got to have all these things that weren't as nearly as important you know even less than a decade ago and it's crazy because people are coming out with you know six seven hundred horsepower cars ls swapped cars um In you know jay-z yeah yeah that's it's kind of nuts there are a few people who come out with like some really wild builds and i get they have uh not only do they have you know the means to do so um they also have they probably have their heart set on getting their license and that's cool but it, sometimes it does seem like a bit overkill but if any one of us could afford it i'm almost 100 percent certain every single person would be doing it yeah um it is very expensive and running pro-am uh i actually did some like materialistic numbers last year when we actually participated in pro 2 compared to a whole lsd season I mean, if you are constantly buying brand new tires for Pro-Am and, you know, you're going through four to, you know, four pairs or six pairs, I mean, that's a very expensive weekend and no different than, you know, in Pro 2, you're still expected to, you know, buy pairs of tires and fuel mm. and, you know, or even us, you know, we have to travel out of Houston. We have to like go up to Mineral Wells, or we're going out to. There are a lot more Houston events this year, so I'm not trying to, you know, complain for once. But you know, we do have to pay for those extended periods out of the office or out of you know Houston. So it is expensive um, to get your license, just as well as to compete professionally or in a pro am as well. Yeah, and then, you know, I, what I noticed is a lot of people tally up the price of their car um as well of as well as the price for just running all year is that something you guys do is there a, is there a large um difference between the pro 2 and the pro am um price wise like for running it like say you know you're driving across country all the fuel you have to buy tires and i'm pretty sure uh fd's entry fees are much higher than a pro am Yes, this is correct. So for Pro 2, there are four events, and I believe it's like $2,500. I Again, I, have, I haven't followed quite very closely this year because we are not actively driving this year. Mm -hmm. uh, 
but I believe it was around $2,500. So you're kind of already know, hey, that's a, an, an immediate expense. That does include uh, your spotter hard card, which I was reduced spotter last year. And that does include obviously yourself, your entry. That doesn't include any of your other spotters or your technicians or any camera. Crew yeah, any crew members. So those are all additional expenses per no. round or oh. as a whole. So it's 2500 bucks per round? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. That's that's for the four events. Okay, I could. That's just the entry. So not not like terrible. It, and that was last year, right? That's not this year. Correct. Okay. That's not this year. Which I'm sure the price haven't really adjusted much, but the hard cards are $400 per person uh, for the four rounds. If you're you know following with your crew member or not, or $150 for an individual round. Um, Yes, yeah, so you have tires, and you are you have to be uh, on a tire program. You can only run very, very specific tires for a Pro 2 versus a Pro-Am. You are free to run almost any tire that you want to. Um, I believe Aaron had Aaron Losey had ran a Kenda-only rule for Texas Street Legal last year, uh -huh. but I do believe he relieved that this year. So... Now, as a Pro-Am driver or Texas Street Legal, you are permitted to run any tire that you desire. Obviously, our main focus at Texas Tires and Parts is we like to push Kendas, not only because of the grip, but uh, more of the elasticity and the length that the tire offers of, you know, driving on it. As long as you're not beating, like doing 30 laps all hot and you know yes your tire is going to melt. not last very long yeah it's going to melt it's going to last but um you know as long as you're taking some breaks you know deflating your tires regularly coming off course you know taking a breather kendas do last long so again i'm a little biased towards kendas but they have been really good to us and it is a tire that we like to push and is very popular here in texas yeah, I had so. a buddy of mine um, that I originally, when I first got into like program stuff, I uh, I basically helped my friend out that I met because I bought motor mounts off of him for my BMW at the time. Um, he ran Kendas, and I remember he also had some, uh, I think like the first Zestinos that came over here. Okay. Um, and I remember his the Kendas were lasting a little longer than the. Than the Zestinos. I don't know about this. the grip because he doesn't drive a very grippy setup. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember his the Kenna's would last a lot longer than the um, the Zestinos he had. Yeah, and Zestino when they came out, they they were a pretty popular tire too. I mean, they were very popular, I believe, on the West Coast. Um, I just think it's just a, a market of people and what they like to purchase or affordability as well is a huge factor. Again, especially when you have seven plus events that you plan on going to throughout the year. But um, I, I knew, I think even myself, I had ran Zestinos as front options um, a couple times. And yeah, I, I was pretty happy with those or Federals or another, you know, recommended front that we would push. Oh, for the front? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, because uh, I, I currently, like, I run the Achilles, the ATR Sport 2s. Um, I haven't had issues with them except for, like, the couple sets I've melted because I was hot lapping. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but that's, again, that's any tire. 
Yeah, again, that's any tire. And I think um, a lot of people walking into drifting see it. They, it's cool. They want a smoke show, all of this. But then it comes to the bigger realization of, wow, like I already blew through that whole set of tires or pair of tires. And I think a proper tire etiquette is not necessarily taught. And um, that's definitely something that we try to explain to, you know, our customers or other people trying to get involved into drifting is, you know, tire care is important because, you know, especially if you don't have the means or the funds to continuously buying a lot of tires, you know, you want to make them last for what they can. So exactly. And then how um, have you guys always had your little sh the shop you guys have? Yeah, so Texas Tires and Parts really kind of blew up last year and maybe like right at the end of the year before. And when we were gearing up to go into Pro 2, we originally had shared this shop with uh, some fabricators um, over the time. And the fabricators have kind of just moved on and gone their separate ways. Uh, great people, you know, no complaints, just everybody kind of starts doing their own thing as they get older. Uh, so we fully have the shop here over on the um, near Beltway and Tanner, and it's in Houston. And we've really been pushing hard this past year um pushing you know online like uh, i guess more of like photos and letting people know what we were up to and social media presence and going out to the events and we actually offer tire services at the drift events we mount um, and dismount tires and we usually bring a few pairs you know for people to buy off of us but we do ask like hey you know y'all should probably buy your tires in advance you know or let us know or otherwise you might be sol um, but a lot of people come by, you know, customers, they know Rudy, they know myself. We've both been into cars for a really long time. Uh, we started dating about eight years ago, but we were both car people prior to that. Um, I did a little bit of modeling in my, in my past life and, you know, I was already kind of popular or well-known and then I kind of went quiet as I started getting older. And when we got together for pushing Texas tires and parts, it was really awesome to see how the community had came together or does come together, especially at drift events. And I guess when we didn't really have Texas tires and parts, we were just drivers uh, or he was just a driver and I was just a spectator. You didn't really have a place. So it felt really good to have like, hey, like, you know, be able to have a reason for people to reach out to us or socialize with us, or we're able to help give them directions um, and what their car build or desires are. Uh, not only do we sell just new tires, but I do have also a lot of connections with brand new aftermarket parts. So now that the shop is solely ours, we've brought in an alignment machine. We're working on bringing in another lift. We offer mechanic, you know, basic mechanic work, not really like oil changes and such, but more of like installing aftermarket parts, steering angle spacers, suspension, all of that stuff. And um, it's been really fun. It's been really good and really to help people become better drivers and more knowledgeable drivers. And being a reputable shop has felt great. And as all of our customers, everything comes full circle. So I own a screen printing and embroidery shop. And I do a lot of screen printing for the drivers in our series. And also some that are not in our series. I do a lot of out-of-state work as well. 
and I do car wraps and libraries and, you know, fun stuff, everything that everybody wants for branding and marketing. And I really help try to push people into a great shirt, you know, a cute design or fun design that people are going to want to wear out and about and not just something like, oh, here's this cheap free shirt, you know, like with a gaudy design on it or whatever the situation may be. So in between us doing car stuff here and with me having my screen printing shop, the customers are full circle. You know, we're doing business on both ends. We're building a, a reputation with people. I sell tires to my customers who have no idea what cars even are and because they have trucks or vans or whatever the situation is. And, you know, same on this end, you know, people come in for tires or aftermarket parts or their, you know, their team drift team is wanting to do something fun. So great. Then I kind of step in and help them walk, walk them through, you know, things like that. So mm. I can't be more appreciative. It's awesome. I enjoy everything that we do and the, the friendships and the community that we have is awesome. I, I can't complain at all. With, with doing so, which offering so much to the drift community, do you think that's very important to anybody for anybody who's doing this? drifting and competing do you think it's important for them to offer something to the drifted community other than them just being a driver um some people are going to be just drivers some people have their own priorities and their own families and i get that you know i, I don't have a big i don't have any family presence here actually i moved here from indiana 10 plus years ago and to start i came to texas for opportunity um, the fact that not every, I think it's okay that not everybody is able to offer something to somebody else because they might not be in the position to offer something to anybody, another driver or another team. Um, they might not be feel as knowledgeable. They might just be here from out of town or, or you know, they might just be coming to, to learn or do what they enjoy doing, but we, we enjoy what we do and like i said it's pretty optimistic and a lot of people look up to us or respect us and vice versa we learn things from other drivers every day um, i'm not a professional at all i make a lot of mistakes when it comes to driving but i do like to thank lone star drift or you know texas drifting and pro-am to really let me very quickly adapt to all the drifters that I am driving with and you know the big name the people who are top 12 or top 8 all the time you know that I am now you know driving with them or tandeming with them or competing with them on their level and because they've been able to offer me something by being able to study their driving style and I think that's enough you know I, I don't think that somebody has to offer something um, I do believe you interviewed Fielding you know a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. and I, I, he's one of the people that I've really tried to help tell him like about building a brand and a reputation for himself. He's been a huge supporter of the community for many, many, many years. He's a good guy. I love talking to him. He's awesome. And, um, you know, he does like to do, you know, demos or meet and greets and this assembly or the setup that he has, it, people thrive off of it. They want to see a cool car. They want to see merchandise. They want to see, you know, or they want to go for ride-alongs. And that is his cup of tea. You know, like that's just been the type of person he is. And that's fantastic. But that's absolutely not going to be for everybody. 
Got it. Yeah, that's... I can see that. How, uh... Actually, I DM'd him the other day. He was working on some old uh, F1 car. And I was like, that's pretty fucking neat. Yeah, he is always doing really cool stuff. And that's something I guess I didn't notice as much as being a spectator versus actually driving in a pro-am. Because you get to be on a much more personal level with everyone and you find out what they do for work and you know you add each other on social media and you you, you hang out in real life and that's something I would have never gotten if I didn't start actually driving in pro-am or you know driving an LSD I would just be kind of like a okay like I show up and I leave type of person yeah and that's I try not to do that but then again I try not to hang out too much at the same time so not everyone's a people person as much as they want no. to be <laughs> or it, as much it as is a little difficult um Rudy my significant other is not a huge communicator and I think with developing Texas tires and parts and to the level that we're at now it's really opened him up as a person and he's really changed and I think that's awesome but again yes it's absolutely not for everybody yeah but um, now with you're you're the only female in Texas who's driving, correct? In pro am, yes, there are actually a small group of us ladies who do all drift together or actively drive at some events. They might not be Lone Star events, uh -huh. um, but I am the only female who drives in pro am. Yes. Okay. Have you? Do you ever feel? Like you're treated differently in any way being a woman for some reason? Absolutely not. I think I worded um, that wrong, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. No, I mean, I want them. So I, I've always had like a very unflashy, um, unfeministic car. Like you'll never see me wearing like hot pink or my car being pink. Uh, I actually had a, a dark purple wrap for about two years or my car is right now in between colors so don't judge me but <laughs> i like that i don't i just want somebody to think like i'm just another one of the guys my helmet is black and you know i just go drive i'm not a, i'm not i don't want to be a sore thumb i don't want to stick out i don't want somebody to judge me because oh they don't want to get close to me because i may spin out because oh i'm a girl or whatever the situation is um, but I, I have not felt that way at all. It, everybody actually came with me with pretty welcoming arms. And I think a lot of people were a little scared my first year because I definitely just hit the floor running like right away. Uh, I was like, Oh, I'm going to compete. Sign me up. Here I am. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I've gotten to a little bit of fender benders and, but I've always, you know, kept my distance or I pay attention to the people in front of me. I don't, uh, I don't know if it's ever been mentioned, but Texas runs a hot lap style 95% of the time of the event. So you're either driving with some people or there's some people driving with you most of the time. So you have to like really be attentive to your area where you're driving and all of that. And, um, but I mean, it made me learn so much quicker. Like I, I, I really like I, that I, they I do that there, not to cut you off. Sorry. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, so I love it, but I also don't love it. I'm and, a pro and con and both. And real but quick, I think, do you do better under pressure? Like, do you learn faster under pressure? Uh, I would 
would think so. I, um, I'm a quick learner or a very adaptive person. Even in my profession, you have to be like on the ball. You have to either say yes or no, or your customer is going to be mad either way, you know, and, and same thing. I can relate that to my everyday life and my, my driving lifestyle. And, um, I have been put under some situations where my car breaks right before competition. And luckily enough, you know, I have really great friend, a circle of friends. They're awesome. And they've let me borrow their car. I've never driven their car before. Rest assured, never, ever, ever. But here I am going into competition, driving someone else's similar, similar, similarly set up car as mine, but you know, I mean, I had to do it. And I mean, I didn't spin out. I didn't mess up. I didn't crash. I didn't advance. That's unfortunate. But hey, like I was able to perform under pressure. So I, I think pressure does me wonders. I feel the same way, even though my track record doesn't necessarily show that. <laughs> um, today was like a year anniversary of some video that was released of me driving. But it's like a compilation video of me crashing at my first competition, pro-am competition ever. And I just, it's the whole video of just crash after crash after crash. Oh man. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty great. Like, I've had my fair share of fender benders. So yeah. not like I said, I've ramped a barricade. Um, I've hit several barricades. I accidentally, like uh, last year at Mineral Wells was one of my very first like head-on collisions with another driver. Uh, um, so, but other than that, I, I've been relatively very, very safe and very, uh, you know, attentive to my area, but yes, I've had my fair share of, of accidents. Yeah. Uh, have you totaled the car yet? Uh, I've not totaled the car. Knock on wood, you don't ever. It's not. Yeah. Knock on wood that I don't. Yeah. Lo um, one of the more a little bit of a downside of a uh, Lone Star Drift is it is very affordable and you do get tons of seat time so that's not exactly the downside but a lot of the tracks or the courses or the places we do drive at um, you're not really put in a situation where you could possibly total your car um, we drive at a very smaller uh, like mostly third gear course at one of our road course places and then the other locations are parking lots so you're not, I mean, unless you were to just totally like crash into another drifter or another driver or something terribly wrong happened, yes, I could foresee that happening. But as far as concrete barricades or water walls or anything like that, I don't ever really foresee that totaling my car out. That's... I'm trying to picture that, but since I've never seen your layouts, it's not going to yeah, really no. come up in my head. Um, yeah. Do you, do you guys get a lot of seat time? Like, in that seven rounds seems expensive. If you, if you don't mind me asking, what's your guys' entry fees? Um, I have I don't exactly pay 100% attention, but I think it's about, like, depending on where we go, TMS, uh, which is Texas Motor Speedway, it's the NASCAR track. Okay. That is our most expensive round. Um, I think it's around 250 maybe, but the other events are usually around 130 to $150, and that's two days of driving. That's so not bad. It's, that's shit, man. It's that's not bad. Weird. Yeah, you do get a lot of seat time, absolutely. 
Um, but kind of keep in mind that on Saturdays at around two or three o'clock, we run Texas street legal. So driving usually is shut down for pro-am, right? Oh, four to five hours. It depends. No, no, no. Saturday is Texas street legal. Uh-huh. So, and then Sunday is pro-am. So no, but I'm saying we, so we actually... you're, you're, you're shut down from driving for pro-am to watch street legal. Correct. Yep. Okay. So you do, you do lose four to five hours on Saturday, and then you do lose you know another four to five hours on Sunday during pro am competition, um, and then sometimes we get to drive after that depending on how many drivers there are and how many accidents you know and, and all that stuff. Do you guys have a lot of wrecks there? Does it become an issue? Does there that one guy? Because if I go compete there, I'll be that one guy for sure. There sometimes is always that one guy. And I, I, again, I think it's typically a new person that might not have been explained the rules. And then you have the four or five people who feel like they own the place, you know, and aren't paying attention to their surroundings. And typically that's how a really bad accident happens. Um, You know, we have a four or five car pileup. Because, you know, sometimes when you're hot lapping and there's eight, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of us, I'm going to say 10 to 12 cars sometimes on course at a time, Mm -hmm. or a very large tandem train could be happening. And I mean, one false move of somebody not paying attention could end pretty badly for everybody else. But luckily, tech, like I said, a lot of the drivers here have been driving for a really long time. They're so fun to drive with. They have made me learn so quickly. Um, you know, you just got to really pay attention to to what's going on around you, and I think you'll be fine. Yeah. Some, uh, I tried to pay attention to what's going on around me. That didn't work out. Um, pay attention to your car. That's that was my mistake. My car broke in the burnout box and I still decided to send it and then I went into the wall. So careful with that. If you hear a weird noise, pull over and check it. Even if you're even if you have to wait again, it's it's a lot it's a lot better than you just jumping back jump going for it rather, um, and then totaling your car. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, um, especially I have a SR, so I have to always watch my boost gauges. I need to watch my temperature. I do run E85, so the car typically stays relatively cool, even though it's got awful hot here during the summer. Yeah. Um, but yeah. those, I couldn't stress that. That's so important. Car, you know, check your flu every single event or every single day. Like, we drive two days. So Saturday morning, check your fluids. Sunday morning, check your fluids like it shouldn't even be a question not to like you got to stay on top of that stuff car maintenance is so 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 important yeah and i think that's one thing i kind of like just just for anybody else who's listening is like one thing i want to focus on this season is having my car ready like let's say okay so i know i'm doing um ls fest west which is may 4th and 5th right i want to make sure that by the by the next weekend or as soon as i have time that the car is already ready for the next event, even if the event is months away or a month away, just because I don't want to wait till the last minute like I normally do and kind of screws myself over. Yeah, granted, your car's sitting there not being worked on because you already fixed it. But, you know, when it gets close to that time, you do a nut and bolt check and you're good to go. 
and a fluid check. But like yeah. if you break anything, you know, after an event, you want to double check everything. And then this way, before you go to your next event, it's not as, uh, can't think of a word right now. It wouldn't be intrusive. It's not as, uh, it's not as like labor intensive because you've already did most of the work. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like we try to definitely stay on top of all of our cars. Like Rudy's, uh, pro two car, for instance, is S 13. Uh, it's that's the one with the flowers on it, right? Yes, that's our hibiscus car. Um, he's building a G35 sedan uh, for next year. So we've been in the progress of that, and that will be a 2J mm -hmm. instead. Mm -hmm. But uh, his S13 is a 1J, and it is really reliable. I mean, he takes good care of it, you know, vehicle maintenance, all that stuff. And even running it all season, we even jumped it, actually. There's a small little footage. We, we jumped it at one of our tracks here uh, for fun, like to kind of just show off, like, the durability of, you know, the car itself. But I mean, even after that, like the car still is in really great condition because we just regularly keep up with everything. And it comes to a point where you've replaced so much stuff on the car where it's not old, old 1990s parts. You have, your car's obviously newer since it's a Cadillac CDSV. But I mean, just maintaining your car, you know, checking all your stuff, your fluids, um, you know, your your clutch fluid, your brake fluid, but, like all of this stuff, but, your line. But all that like, stuff all comes the important. same. All that just because the car's newer doesn't make a whole lot of difference, especially like if a newer car has a like a, a bad, not a bad stigma. It's got its faults from factory. Yeah. Like uh, but we have aluminum. Sure we have okay. aluminum housing diffs, and they just they crack. That's just what snap. they do. They snap right open, and that's it. <laughs> it's basically the yeah. same diff that came in like the Saturn Sky. <laughs> so that's what I deal with, but uh, yeah, no, staying on top terrible. of that stuff. Yeah, you have to, and and really, that's what I always tell everybody. I'm like, yes, it's an S13 chassis, but really, all the components inside of it is absolutely not. You know, everything has been changed so dramatically over the time, you know, over the years that he's had it. That um, really going into Pro Two last year, it was more more of a glorified pro-amp car and that's why we're rebuilding something totally fresh and totally new under the pretext of how much power we actually really need to have but i mean it, it it's just a non-stop thing but because he's changed all that stuff you know it's just become a lot more reliable and like you said you wanted to prepare yourself in advance so you're not rushing around last minute which knock on wood that's obviously not me in this case right now but look <laughs> I know, right? Hopefully my car will be running. Yeah, I, I'm not one to talk because I'm last minute for everything. But um, our customers, I guess, really come first. And obviously we got all of our customer cars out the door first because we would not want to be the reason of why they weren't participating in round one. So, um, you know, but the pressure is on and, you know, getting the car to that point where, hey, it's 100% good to go probably is not going to happen for us for round one, but I mean, good enough to go out there and put on a show, you know, and, and, you know, and actively participate. Down. Yes, absolutely. Uh, like I said, we went up to upshift like a month or two ago and it's fun. You know, it's fourth gear. Well, I, I'm a studio nine, so fourth gear, fifth gear, sometimes whatever kind of depends, but mostly just fourth gear for most of us. And I mean, you know, you're, the car was ripping, like it was so fun. The car felt good. I wasn't having any breakup issues. I have just been battling with like 
the most random terrible things for like the past two years with this setup it's been very very frustrating wiring issues breakup issues power band issues just uh, manifold issues almost my whole first year I went through like several manifolds and had to keep welding them over and over again it was terrible but you know these are all things you just have to it's a drift car problems like these are just things you have to deal with and it's and it's it sucks because we we live in this world now where everything is oh well Kendra's not driving or oh so and so's not driving or oh she she sucks or it's messing up or whatever and nobody realizes really like hey it's the car you know no one everyone's slightly negative sometimes or you know has a different perception of what's going on and it's hard from a standpoint to know like hey like it's it's all gonna work itself out yeah the uh. I, I'm a big person on not caring what other people think or have to say. So when people like people always have things to say, um, I usually don't even acknowledge it. So especially if it's something negative, like I don't really care. Like I already I'm like I, per, I beat myself up pretty bad about the thing, like my own faults that I, where I know I make my mistakes. So when somebody else does it, it's like, you know, whatever you're saying actually doesn't matter. Cause I'm, you know, I'm 10 times harder on myself than what you're thinking. Yeah. For- and, and I don't know about you, but I'm sure you have that group of friends that really make you feel like you're, you know, you're quote a real winner, but uh, my friends are a little hard on me and, but it, it's all out of love. It's not because, you know, they, they hate me really, but uh, I do have a very tight niche of, you know, really best friends and they, they really push me, you know, they make me always want to do better and they rag on me and make sure like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going back out there. Like, and, and I think that's really important to have a good support circle, no matter what it is, but, uh, everybody takes things differently. And my group of friends were extremely hard on each other. Yeah. <laughs> so some people think, yeah, so some people are a little thrown off, um, but rest assured, they're they're good people. I I would never trade my friends in for anything. So. You know what? I I kind of I kind of agree with that. Like, or I do agree with that. Like, I have a certain two friends. They don't go to any of my events because they're just not into drifting. Uh, these are just like personal friends I have, and they're probably the hardest ones on me. This is Alex and Kevin. They probably won't even listen to this, so it doesn't matter. Um. And they're, they talk the most trash to me and they're like, are you on, did you win? (laughs) Then you're not good. Like that it's very cut and dry with them. And then like my dad will kind of like make jokes about it. But my problem with my dad is like, I want his constructive criticism. I just don't need him like, cause he thinks he's funny. He's not a funny person at all. Um, he's like filled with dad jokes. Um, so he'll just, he'll try to make a joke and I'm like, you know, you're the only one laughing. Just tell me what I'm doing wrong. And we'll go from there. Um, But that's something I need. I don't like when people are like, oh, you're doing good. I'm like, no, there's something wrong. You have to tell me what I'm doing wrong so I can correct it. If you tell them I'm doing good and I don't qualify, I'm blaming you. Or not blaming you. But you're telling me I'm doing good. So I'm going to keep doing the same thing. You're not telling me to do better. Man, I am exactly the same way. Like I could go out and I feel like, hey, I feel locked in. Everything feels great. And, you know, I ask for feedback from my, you know, my group of friends, the few that come to the events. Uh, two of them are media people. And you know, Rudy is the hardest on me, of course, but I'm on I'm even harder on him. But, uh, you know, I have two other friends that are just like, hey, like. 
you know, you're not doing this, you're driving straight, you're, you know, just really egging me on to not really get me irritated, but maybe get me more motivated to, hey, you need to drive a little more aggressively or, hey, you know, you're not, quote, excuse my words, but maybe grabbing your balls or, hey, you're not pushing yourself. Like, we know, like, push the throttle harder. Like, they know, like, I can go harder or faster or whatever the situation is. And hearing that from people is not to negatively affect me or make me upset you know I, I want to hear that so I can do better so I can learn from the mistakes or hey I got the course locked in I'm gonna change a few things and maybe to me in my head it might look fine or the line I'm trying to follow is to me okay but I really need that feedback from them and say no Kendra you know you're messing up or god like that's awful or what I you know, you need something. I hate when people just, oh, I don't hate, that's terrible, a strong word, but I dislike when people are like, oh my God, you're doing so good. Or, And I feel that way a lot of times when people are, give you, you know, you give ride-alongs and people are like, oh my gosh, like they're obviously having the time of their lives. And that it feels a fantastic feeling, but you know, in your head, like, man, I misshifted or, oh my gosh, like I could have been like a lot closer to that guy or, or whatever the situation is. So it's pretty funny that uh, you have a similar group of friends like mine because, yeah, they give me the hard time. <laughs> no, and, and like, you know, if I have my mom there, like she, like, uh, I rem- like when I would mentioned about that, the anniversary video of me, like crashing into shit. Well, my mom has like a video of me for my first event. And she's like, oh, look, I was like, can you please not share this trash? Because. You can tell I'm just bombing. Like it's it's worse than the video. At least in the video, I was crashing into things, so it looked fun. But it's just me doing terrible and not even drifting most but of hey, the course. She thought you were having fun, so I, that's all that she's, Yeah, she's like, she's like, you're doing so good. I was like, can you not say that out loud? I remember that day specifically. She was like, yeah, you're doing really good. I was like, shh, 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 shh. I was like, mom, people can hear you. Don't say that. Oh, man. So it's I, I, I just want someone to tell me I need constructive criticism like, hey, you're you know, you're messing up here. Like, you know, you need to correct this. There should there's, I think there's always room for improvement. Um, if there isn't room for improvement, oh. you know, if they're like, oh, your line's perfect. Well, can I go faster? Yep, there you is know, always room there's for always something there. You know, it's just whatever the case is. I just I want to be told what to do. And it's kind of hard because, you know, Having, I think having someone who's nice help you is not helping you. My personal opinion. Yep. I think, but knowing uh, how to talk. Jason Scott, my good friend Jason Scott, he takes uh, photography for a lot of uh, Lone Star Drift, and he's pretty popular uh, photography dude. He is like the most like blunt, upfront, gonna tell you how it is, like guy, like no matter what. And yeah, yes, <laughs> he he is gonna no BS you let you know what's up. And he started drifting as well. I mean, his motor blew up, unfortunately, due to his own lack of uh, vehicle maintenance on his end. But I mean, we obviously all give him crap about it, too. You know, I mean, yeah. it, he's rebuilding and coming back bigger and better than ever. But you, you got to have somebody like that. You absolutely do. Yeah, because um, I think I think you having that person that's just going to tell you that you're doing good and you're just doing trash. It's not going to help you. No. Um, Can I agree more? Yeah, and then if if no one's telling you you're not to make a correction, I just you know find somebody else who will. Yep. So, 
Um, what is you guys? Shit, I always ask. You guys don't do qualifying, so I can't even ask. Uh, I usually yeah. ask like, what what's your mindset during qualifying? But since you don't so do it, so we have a uh, yeah, we don't do it. We run the bracketing system, uh-huh. and uh, just to touch base on that, I like to think about a one and done mentality because it's almost like pro two you only get a very limited amount of practice runs right well when you're in the bracketing system you only get to go against who you're going against you get a one and done chance there's no go backs there's no freebies there's no give me's um so and depending on where you're at in the bracketing system which i'm in top 16 so most of the time so i'm typically going against you know anybody from 22nd to 14th so depending on again the how many drivers there are how the bracket is set up so you're either going to go against somebody who might do very comparative to you or you're going against somebody who might bomb it which don't crash your car you know so you got to be really attentive about what's going on um but yes you you really get a very limited chance of there's no warm-up there's no freebies you just gotta do your best run that single time so i just take a deep breath and you know, run the best clean line that I possibly can, no matter, you know, what maybe the person's doing in front of me or behind me in instance. So. And that doesn't, that doesn't make you nervous at all. Like when you're doing, when you're in the middle of that train, if you end up in the middle of like a train of some sort during your guys' practice. Um, it does not make me nervous because, um, so a little secret fact, I do suggest this to some beginners. It actually helps me a lot. I don't run mirrors. So I rely on me hearing the cars like behind me or beside me or whatever. Um, I have a very, very small mirror on my driver's side, mostly for when I'm lining up at grid, I can see who's who, who I am next to. Um, but other than that, I solely just run the best line and drive the best course or, you know, watch what's going on in front of me the best of my ability. Because the people who are following me are only going to be as close as they feel comfortable being. And, you know, if they're just straight on like nudging me or at my door or something like that, I mean, that's kind of their choice. Um, But as far as, you know, me driving in a group of mixed of people, it happens pretty often. And, you know, if I feel really uncomfortable or something like that, I just simply leave the train, you know, we have exit points. So you would just leave at an exit point and go back and get in grid and wait till, you know, the next time or whatever the situation is. That's okay. Well, well, the way you explain it for your, I would say it's personality. It would make sense. It would, it, I don't see it. I can see how it doesn't bother you. Like you just don't no. want it to affect you. Right? No, I don't because no different than, you know, like I said, if we're in the bracket, system and you know I'm I don't know who I whoever I end up paired up against I might not have driven with them all weekend I might never even have seen them drive all weekend because sometimes you're you know you're putting in a lot of laps in your car or you're busy you're fixing stuff I have two cars at the event most of the time so if I'm not driving one car I'm driving my other car so I'm I'm busy most of the time so I have to just really rely like stay focused and just drive the best level that I possibly can every single time and yeah I make mistakes or you know the person 
person in front of me is going to make mistakes, but it's about, you know, avoiding an accident and, you know, not causing a big scene or make all the people behind you mess up. Have you done that before? Uh, I haven't, I've only gone in one accident in a tandem train. Uh, we run an event called pinball at mineral wells and, uh, it's a complicated course. And yes, I, I did get an accident there, but other than that, I've never caused any serious problems. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I just know what my fate is and I know that I would have to, it would, I wouldn't have to cause one. But it's going to happen, so I'd rather get it out of the way sooner than later and then move on from it. Yeah. That's just my life, though. <laughs> yeah, and, and because you just don't know if something was to break on your car, maybe maybe you weren't being as, you know, cautious of your tires as you had been. You know, maybe you're, you, you know, your tires start giving out and you're stuck in the middle of a tandem, you know, situation or, you know, there's people in front of you and behind you. I mean, I, I would just, in a safety point, if I felt uncomfortable, I would just come out of drift, you know, very, and put, put my hand, hand out the window or something, which you're not like, as a, as a person who rides along, we're not allowed to put our hands out the window. But if there was a major problem, you know, I would probably try to notify the people behind me and let them know like, hey, like I need to stop. But um, I'm very, you know, very precautious of my tire wear and going out with a group of people that I feel comfortable driving with most of the time. And I mean, out of, I think uh, Pro-Am is like 70 plus drivers regularly. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not too hard to make sure you're driving with people that you know or that you trust you know the do you do you um constantly drive mm, not constantly do you drive often with some of the drivers that are there in um lone star like do you guys have other like local events like here in california we have um there's a track called grange it's a little go-kart track and a track called adams which you know year round there's always an event at least you know, I, at Adams, it's like anywhere from like two to four times a month. I think it, there's drifting like I think it's every week or every other week. And then Grange, uh, you can go to pretty much any time and there's usually drifting there. Um, do you guys have something like that and where you kind of you get to drive with the other drivers and more of a, a more relaxed setting than competition? During drift season, like actual LS LSD season, mm, there might be a few events. Um, I'm sure you've heard of the organization called Club Loose. Uh, they're yes. East Coast based. Well, they started a division in Texas uh, out of San Antonio. So a few of us, like popular, more are you know, I guess people who are at all the events. Let's just say a lot of us will go out to San Antonio sometimes at the Club Loose event. Um, and every once in a while there might be, you know, a small, like, like I said, Upshift is another organization that runs drift events. Sometimes you might see three to five people that run Pro-Am might also be there. Um, but during drift season, I mean, Lone Star Drift takes up so much time that, you know, almost every three to four weeks, uh, 
um, is usually another event. So, you know, you're still trying to recoup from like, let's just say round one is this weekend. I think it's two weekends off and then we go right back into round two. So uh, all basically the whole situation all over again, you are prepping car, you're getting tires, you're working extra hours to cover the costs, whatever costs, you know, if your car broke or more tires or whatever the situation is, you know, and then you have about three or four weeks in between that and round three, I mean, there's hardly any time to really try to actively do other events. Um, sometimes there's demos and I mean, my car is not beautiful this year at all because I've been just focusing on being a better driver because I, uh, that was my real big personal goal this year is to be a better driver. Um, so my car is not attractive looking currently, but like, like Rudy would get asked to do demos. You know, you might get to go to some unusual places that you don't normally get to drift at. And that's pretty cool. And he might go out to those, but he also does not compete in pro-am anymore. So, um, you know, he's not dealing with that stress of keeping, you know, like I am where I'm like, oh, I need this, I need that. And, and get, even though he's the one working on my car, you know, bless him so much. I love him to death, but, um, you know, it, it's, I guess it's a little easier when there's two of us, you know, trying to get all the cars ready and make sure all of our customers are taken care of and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, it's exhausting. Seven events is very exhausting. I can imagine. Uh, we do four and I'm like, shit. Uh. And it gets really expensive, especially with tires. Like even, even though you guys are like a shop and you guys are getting special pricing, I assume, um, it could still adds up when you're going through a lot of tires. And, and another it question does. is, you know, with what you said about your car not looking the prettiest right now, how do you feel about, you know, with drifting being such a, uh, a style-based sport and, and with style does come with your car how, having a certain look, um, do you feel it's important? Do you think you sh is it something do you feel that you're lacking that you know you should take care of or is it just it, it doesn't bother you at all? Um, it definitely bothers me because I'm a slight perfectionist and a little bit of an OCD type person. Obviously, you've seen Rudy's hibiscus car. It's all one color. It's wrapped. Um, my, my company did the wrap on it. We designed everything. Um, his car looks great. It looks fantastic, which that is the goal of my car. We're actually going to have identical hibiscus cars. Okay. Um, but it's because my motor has blown up back to back. I had to spend a very large chunk of change at Injuku. Um, I really want to get a KBD body kit. All of these are just you know, really large expenses that, you know, if, if my motor didn't back to back blow up, yes, I would have already had a body kit. I would have already had my car painted. It'd be wrapped and ready for this week. But, you know, my, me being able to be back in the driver's seat is much more important than the style of my car or the, the hopes that a photographer is going to take pictures, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I really, you know, want to make sure that, Hey, I'm driving my own car, you know, for round one that, you know, I'm laying it down out there and that I can keep up with, you know, all the guys and gals who are competing this year. Okay. I was just kind of curious. That's, I think that's one thing I, I kind of, I wouldn't say I neglected last year. I, I was kind of really happy with my car when it was done. Um, it was, it looked, I went for that whole sleeper look and I just really wanted to drive the car. Well, obviously didn't happen. 
Um, but I think this year I'm trying, I'm going for a little bit more style, um, and trying to implement my own style, which necessarily isn't the same, but what I did, I don't know if you follow Taylor Hull or formula drifts at all. And, uh, yeah. he just came out with a very, I wouldn't say very similar, but a definitely a Cadillac racing inspired livery, which is exactly what mine was. And now it's going to look like I copied him. No, I think um, I think inspiration comes in all forms, you know. Yeah. And I wouldn't critique, you know, your thought or your design or just because somebody did it before you. Um, there, you know, you're gonna have his your was own just, colors. Technically, his was just done thought. before mine. <laughs> My photo was released in like October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Formula D starts literally around the corner, and so I mean, yeah. there's a lot of people, you know, getting ready, and the cars are coming out, and new wraps, and all of that. But. Uh, you know, I don't think it's, uh, you know, even like Rudy is building his G35 sedan and, you know, a, a color and style has been a question, a million time question. We're all asking, you know, hey, what is it going to look like? What's going on? And it's because we've already kind of focused on the whole blue and pink hibiscus design. And I think a lot of people are able to relate on that. Like, oh, I saw you, you know, on Formula D or, oh, like the hibiscus car, you know, people like immediately think of like that thought. People probably don't know who Rodolfo Martinez is or, you know, the 956 car or anything like that. But Texas Tires and Parts, resonates with people everybody I, if you ever come down to texas which i hope you do because that'd be rad but um you know you come to texas you see everybody wearing texas tires and parts t-shirts which you know different uh we have a few team members on our team and you know i've created individual designs for each of our team members but um you know we have a hibiscus theme shirt we have a cars uh, lightning mcqueen theme shirt we have you know our traditional one color texas shirt and that people just love texas and texans love texas it's crazy i've been to texas and once it, i loved it yeah I, I hope you had a really great time definitely come visit us anytime you're more than welcome to um and you, you know i think people you know relate are able to relate to something versus a person you know people are able to relate to a brand they're able to relate to uh uh, a company or a location or a theme much quicker than they're going to know, oh, you know, who a professional driver is or even myself. Like nobody, uh, if you come to our series, everybody calls me Ken. So, I mean, if somebody was like, oh, look at Ken, you'd probably immediately think, oh, it's a boy, like immediately, like no one would even know. But everybody just calls me Ken because that's always just kind of been my nickname and it's not because of any reason it's just always been my nickname so um i think yes i think style is important and i think perceiving um you know your brand and your market and the type of clientele or the type of enthusiast will come to you naturally based off of you know what you display or what you have to offer yeah and then with with leading off of what you have to offer how are you with sponsorships are you doing everything on your own are you seeking sponsorships actively or what's to be honest um i have not seen for my for my proam i have solely done everything myself uh with obviously rudy which is my mechanic and helps me you know do all the mechanical work that I don't know how to do. Um, I mean, and yes, we do obviously have to get tires at a, you know, a discounted rate because of the industry that we're working in, but I don't have really any backing at all. Nobody with 
free merchandise or free products or any brands. I'm literally doing it by myself. Um, and that has been, I think it's been relieving to be honest, because I think everybody is so, um, oh, so-and-so got me a discount on this or so-and-so, you know, I got to make all these posts for, you know, blah, 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 or whatever the situation is, you know, or whatever contracts that these people or sponsored drivers are um, held to. It's, it's a little stressful. <laughs> Social media is a little stressful. I, I'm not going to lie. I it's... mean, I'm running my business page, uh, Texas Tires and Parts page, and then my personal page. And it's like, man, like this, this is a full-time job itself. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, I, I just, I'm not really not a fan. You know, people I really look up to uh, don't post that much. And you never really hear about them. Like Michael Essa. He doesn't post a lot. No, no like, he doesn't. Who else doesn't? Um, off the top of my head, I can't really think of too many people. Um, he just stands out the most. Like, he, he doesn't. He just kind of drives. He does his thing, uh, and I, I really, really appreciate that. I've, you know, sometimes you kind of, like, I'm addicted to social media. I'm always on it, and I hate it. Like, I'm not always, mm, I'm kind of always posting, and I have no idea why, and it's annoying. Um, but even like even as of lately, I've been deleting the apps during the day at work. Yeah. Because I'll find myself I on think, it for uh, no we- reason. Yeah, we definitely get lost in what's important to us or um, thinking about, hey, like, what's going to be the next big move or, hey, what's so-and-so doing? Because, you know, people do thrive off of that. And there are a lot of, um, you know, people who, oh, they're doing better than me or compare themselves to that. And, you know, it's a it's deteriorating for yourself sometimes. It's a little exhausting. Um, so I don't think, you know... I, I guess back to like, oh, you know, are you doing this all by yourself or, you know, are you seeking any help? If I seek help, it would be more of like a partnership. Uh, as I had previously mentioned, everything that comes to us has really been full circle and we couldn't be more grateful. You know, I, hey, if you want to do business with me, great. Hopefully you do business with Rudy. Fantastic. You know, that that means a lot to us. And, you know, you resharing my business page or Texas Tires and Parts, like, or suggesting me as, as a reference for whatever, great. Like that really, I think, means way more to me than somebody tossing a bunch of free parts at me or, hey, put tattoo my name all over your car or, or whatnot. So, and, and again, some people have a very unique vehicle or are able to bring something huge to the table for a company. And that's fantastic. I'm, I'm not belittling what they're able to do, but that's not for everybody. And um, I think social media has really put thoughts into people's mind of how things should be. And that's not the case. You know, you should feel like you sh- should want to do your own thing as well. Definitely. Um, I can, I hope people do that or at least follow that kind of path. Cause you know, kind of being stuck on social media all the time or worried about, um, what your social media following is like, because sponsors kind of want that or prefer you to have a better, um, following or a larger following and post often. I think that it could kind of come, there's like a downside to it. I see, I feel rather. And you I, definitely have to stay on top of it. Yeah. You really do. But 
so I got a couple questions from the um, from that post I made on the story earlier. Uh, okay. We got. Let's let's look at his profile. It's uh, damn. I hope uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this one. It uh, it's J F Lizzle J F L I is it? Oh, J Okay, so that's Justin Flores. He's one of our J Flizzle um, partner drivers. J Flizzle. Yep. Uh, that's Justin. Okay. Why don't you like Waffle House? <laughs> That's a serious question because uh, every time I get a chance, well, we don't have one here, but every time I try to get a chance to eat Waffle House, uh, I do usually destroy it. So, what is your problem? I love, I, I, I don't love Waffle House. Let me rephrase this. I like Waffle House fine, but I don't like having to go to a breakfast place and having to wait in line. Like, I just want to walk in and eat my breakfast or my brunch in peace. And Waffle House always has a huge line. Nobody has time for that. I don't know where you live, but uh, you said Houston. Everyone I've been to has always been dead. Oh, see, you got lucky because that's not how it is here. You guys don't have very many. Ah, okay. That makes sense. And everybody's trying to get breakfast for a cheap buck, even though they. I noticed we ate. Actually, Rudy and I ate there not that long ago. Go and we noticed that they had raised their prices, but whatever, they got to make a buck. Yeah, but, but um, our, yeah, the... we had to wait. We had to wait that day. We went to go eat, and it was like two in the afternoon. Like, why do I have to wait to eat breakfast? Mm-hmm. So it, it is a mediocre okay, so breakfast. Ignore. It's it's not a great breakfast, but it's just mediocre it's just... enough to love it. Yeah, I guess, but um. But yeah, okay. So anyways, <laughs> over, over Waffle House, we're over that. We got uh, Texas Tires and Parts asking, how many times have you pooped your pants? Great. So oh, I already knew that this question was going to go. I don't poop. So this is like ongoing uh, long-term joke of why if Rudy and I never or ever break up, if we ever break up, nobody from Lone Star Drift is ever going to want to date me because he told everybody that I pooped my pants. Like, this is a real thing. Like, he'll tell people that we were late because I had to poop my pants. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, that's what love really is, let me tell you. And if your girlfriend doesn't do that shit to you, I don't know. I hope she hears me. And she should start making fun of you, too. I don't think she listens to this. At least I hope not. (laughs) Because she has to look at me later. (laughs) So, um, we got Zeus2887 asking what is your favorite chassis and motor um i'm gonna be biased but i love rudy's s13 coupe a because coupes are extremely hard to find they're usually extremely ruined by the time you get your hands on them Mm -hmm. and he runs a 1j and i love a turboed motor so and i love having more horsepower than i currently do so I really, really personally enjoy an S13 coupe that has a one Jay-Z. He also has the dog box, which is pretty fun, but no preference on that. I'm responding to these things. Uh, 
uh, with wrong yeah, answers. Like, you have a bird petting zoo over there. Uh, it's probably outside. It's it's spring <laughs> over here. Now I responded on Instagram. It says I put a Yugo with a twenty four hundred cc VW bug engine. Yes, definitely. And I some weird ass picture I found online earlier, so it's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but is there anything else you wanted to touch base on? That we oh, I was talked? like, wow, was that, the, that was the extent of my questions. Was if I if I when was I going to put my pants in? You know, why I didn't like. I don't know if you've listened to the show lately, but I haven't I haven't asked those questions at all since like the second oh. episode, because um, people always kind of respond to that, and I always forget to go look at them, and I kind of make made note of myself today. I was like, ask the questions. So. Oh man. So if anybody um, uh, felt you were ignored, uh, you were, not intentionally <laughs> though. I just forgot. <laughs> Um, but no, I think, uh, we covered a lot of really good basics and, uh, I really greatly appreciate you having me on the show. I thank you for coming uh, on. Hope, yeah, no problem. I, I hope I would just like to leave a little personal note that, um, I, there are more and more women, you know, get, trying to be involved in the motorsport and I think it's fantastic. And, you know, I just, I hope that they never, you know, try to put themselves down or constantly want to compare themselves to other people, but they should really focus on, you know, doing what's important to them. And this is for girls or guys, you know, anybody wanting to get into drifting. I just started, you know, I'm, I'm still definitely a beginner. I have so much to learn. Um, and, and I'm sure, you know, you can definitely agree with that as well. And yes. I think it's the fact of the perseverance of sticking to it and realizing that, that it costs a lot of money. It costs so much time. It takes a lot of effort and initiative and ambition to keep going, but in the long haul, it will pay off and you will have the best time of your life and you will meet a group of people that you wouldn't trade for anything. And I think a lot of people don't get to hear that in drifting because of you know, it's just sometimes there's a lot of negativity and there's a lot it's of there. hate in the world. Yep. And uh, it, it gets better. It really does. But, you know, don't put yourself in a, a situation where, you know, you don't feel comfortable or you don't think, uh, you know, you shouldn't ever stop bettering yourself. You know, you can't ever be the best at absolutely everything. You know, even professionals take breaks, take time off reevaluate their circumstances and you know I, I want everybody to know that in drifting it's it's not going to come easy mm -mm, um and not I do at all i hope no and it shouldn't come easy because what are you learning no if it, it comes easy excuse me yep and uh i, I want to note that hopefully people listening to this that i really really do want to travel uh, more this year although i love pro-am i'm going to try my absolute best to keep competing in pro-am but i think if i just stay in texas i don't think um not really that the social media presence and stuff like that but I want to visit other tracks and I want to meet other people that I have seen online and other girls and, you know, there's girls who are driving from Florida and East coast. And I feel that I'm so committed to Texas to pro-am that I've never, I feel I'm scared that I'll never get to experience or drive with other people on my level. So that's just, a. I want to say it. So it's on podcast or whatever you want to refer to this as that my goal like for 2019 and 2020 is a to graduate and b to 
to really go out there and drive with other people at new locations. So yeah, I mean, I want I want to one hundred percent agree with you with that because I don't want to just do competition in California. Like when I found out, like Rathina text. I don't know if you know who Rathina is. Gomer, mm -hmm. she runs the Drift League. She texts me today. She goes, "Is your car gonna be ready in time for uh, LS Fest West?" And I was like, uh, what did I tell her? Re oh, she's like, Reg I was like, it, we, I was like, it just, it would be just about there if not 100% done. But that's something it's just, it makes, it's making me push myself to make sure I get this car done in a timely manner. Um, but yeah. I also don't want to like skip corners at the same time. Like, like my biggest problem right now is I'm still waiting on some parts. Um, and unfortunately, uh, on Saturday, one of my sponsors, Excess Horsepower, um, they're out of Shreveport, Louisiana. He mm -hmm. died on his bike on oh Saturday. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He, uh, uh, long story short from what I was explained is he took off from his shop. Um, he didn't hear an ambulance coming, but a car stopped in front of him because of it. Uh, he hit the car and then hit a pole, from my understanding. Oh my god. I'm gosh. hoping that is like devastating news. Yeah, it was it's it's uh I've never met him. We've kind of met in the the Cadillac community when I first got my first Cadillac in 2015. And he was like my first like online friend within the Cadillac the CTSV community and uh it's it's affected me a lot more than I thought it would. And it's it's like well, you keep... you build an attachment to yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah, especially... you really do. And personalities click or lifestyles yeah. click or you know you, you're gonna find people that are like that and it hurts it, yeah, it it's really a, does. it's it, a bummer like uh you know i'm not worried about like the parts or anything because i know they're gonna come um but it's just like shit man like if if it if my because we had a sponsorship deal together like if i would have just like would that have changed his fate if there was no sponsorship deal like you know what i mean like just uh it's it's weird to think about it like that yeah. but oh, it, it definitely like there's so many loose ends and there's yeah. like what ifs alternative and, motives you know it's, it's like, like oh man. yeah like four hours before he uh got in his accident he had posted on instagram like i just found out my dad was diagnosed with cancer and it's like jesus christ like oh, I, it, it's it's, bad, it's a rough one yeah it's it's it but it, you know it, such is life so kind of but, but well, I really do hope that your car gets ready, you know, and I do hope you're able to push yourself. And yes, same like, here, because I just I... spent a hundred bucks on registering, so it better be ready. <laughs> I'm sure you'll figure it out. Yeah. But, but... oh, and that's why I said I think um, it's important for people to set goals and to work towards those goals. And I wouldn't, if it wasn't for drifting, Rudy and I would not be in the position that we are at mm -hmm. all. And drifting has given us so much, you know, made us work so much harder. You know, we got this big dually, we got a two car trailer, we have all these tire machines now, like all of like, and we had none of this before, like none at all. What's so, I mean, but yeah, you're, we able to, little... you're, you're able to acquire these things because of the support from drift, drift community. Drifting. Yes. Because of the community, because of drifting, because of, like I said, all of our customers and clientele has been full circle to us. 
you know, and the, we, we want to go to the events and help mount and dismount tires for drivers and, you know, to offer that convenience for them. And I mean, yes, of course we charge, but I mean, it's, they don't have to go to discount. They don't have to have, you, somebody's not going to have to bring 16 mounted wheels and tires, you know, or rims and tires. So yes, it's definitely been a little bit of a convenience in the community and, you know, drifting would have never gotten us to where we were at now if it wasn't, you know, for us pushing ourselves really hard night and day. So it, it's it's been awesome. It's been a wild ride. Yeah. But I'm, that's definitely awesome to hear that something, uh, something came of some, something came out of that at the end of the day. Like, you know, even if you guys stopped drifting, like you guys still got something out of it, even if it's, yeah. uh, uh, how would I say that? Not necessarily money. Like, no, I get it. What you're saying, like we, we're always going to get something out of it, but I, I don't think we're going to ever really discontinue, you know, drifting, so to speak. Like I said, we're working super hard to get a, another chassis ready for pro two next year. And I love, I love pro two. I, I love the pro two mentality. I know and, other people are, are not into it as much as I am, but, yeah. uh, I do appreciate it very much and uh, the logistics behind it and that I try to have a similar mentality going into pro-am, you know, because not that I think I'll ever get my license. I mean, that would be cool, but I, I just don't think people are advancing well beyond my means, like the builds, the, the, the VR, the everything is already advanced, you know, well beyond well, that. I know, would ever Bay is building a new car. So you could just yeah. be like, hey, I'm going to borrow this thing for Pro-Am. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, like, you know, I mean, he lets me drive his one Jay-Z car and, and I appreciate it. It's a it's a good time. It's fun. But uh, I think nothing, nothing. I love driving my own car, you know, like, no, there's just that, that satisfaction. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I know I can drive it a certain way and uh, nothing's going to break or, you know, something might break. It keeps me on edge. But uh but no, I, I really, uh, I love drifting and I don't think we're ever really going to stop, stop. You know, like I said, I, my goal is definitely to hopefully go out to other events and, uh, I'm actually going to be an instructor at the three women events that they're hosting, uh, this year that the drift kitchen is hosting. So I'm really excited to go out and help other women, you know, learn to drift or maybe just learn to drive because maybe some of them don't even, aren't even going to be interested in drifting. You don't know until you try it. But um, it, it's awesome the amount of opportunities that you, you get to be involved in with driving or the people, like you said, you know, you've made connections via online and or um, last year I went to Tennessee and drove with all these girls and like a little girls demo. And, you know, I would have never made that connection if I wouldn't have gone. And I think drifting, drifting is much bigger community than, you know, what people think it might be. So it's i wouldn't say bigger i think it's a deeper connection with the people you have uh it's not as big as well fuck it is big it's quietly big it's, it's quietly big yeah, yeah and i could see that of, okay if you look at the numbers i mean pro, pro formula d is like the second greatest highest motorsports like i mean it's ridiculous and i mean yes uh Yes, that's Formula D, but then you have Pro 2, and then you're running, you know, there's five or six Pro-Am series, you know, in the whole United States. So, I mean, if you are actively participating or trying to work towards earning your license, I mean, that's a very small number of people compared to 
the grassroots and the, all the other people who are driving or drifting, you know, for that matter. So it, I give it within next three to three to five years tops. I, it's going to be insane. I think almost everybody will either be in like a autocross or drifting of some sort. Uh, well, not everyone literally, but a, a bigger number than there is now. Have you, uh, touched on any other motorsports or just drifting uh actually just drifting um back in the day maybe like a, a little bit of like weird four-wheeler or dirt biking stuff like when i was a young kid i grew up in indiana so country life kind of but uh as far as competitive racing just drifting But, but all righty then. Well, I thank you again for coming on. Um, Absolutely. I'd like to touch base with you at the end of your season, see how it went. And I wish you definitely wish you the best of luck this season. Well, well, thank you. I definitely appreciate it, and I will look forward to following up with you. All righty, you have a good one. Awesome. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye bye. Bye.